Welcome to Perspectives, a podcast by Essence Learning LLC, and a place where leaders learn from leaders. Let's join today's episode. Hello, and welcome to another Perspectives podcast. I'm your host today, Kenitra Kiki Hikes, and I'm so honored to be here to present our next podcast, which is Lessons Within Leadership is our topic that we're going to talk about today. And let me tell you, this is a great honor to be here, to be able to host this podcast as someone who is a um, new to the leadership world. And um, I'm here to listen and to absorb from our three experts today. Um, so for those of you who don't know and aren't listening, our three panelists have over a century of combined executive leadership experience, which is very impressive to me. So um, I'm here to absorb and take it all in because I'm sure I'm going to get some great nuggets of knowledge for us today. But before we jump into our conversation, I'm going to give the opportunity for our panelists to go ahead and introduce themselves and give us some insight to, you know, Introduce yourself, a little bit of your professional background, and how many years of leadership experience do you have? Valerie, you want to? Wow. Yeah, how many years of leadership? That really starts to age you, right, after a while. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been, I'm Valerie Wilson. I'm uh, CEO and founder of Essence Learning. And it's so exciting to uh, be in this position um, because it really is a, a, com- a cumulative uh, role that I'm now playing because I've 40 odd years, 45 years uh, in um, corporate America. I started at a very young age and in the savings and loan. And we'll share more about that um, at, at the age of what, 19. And uh, here I am now uh, using all of those experiences to be able to lead uh, Essence Learning. So thank you all again for the opportunity to be on this panel. This is, a, is an honor too as well. And my name is Phyllis Williams. Um, I served many years in corporate America as well, over 30 years in corporate America. Um, and talking about over a century of experience, that's the, <laughs> when you think about that. That's but um, And I started as a very young, at a very young age, of course. But um, most of that and all of that was uh, in the human resources department. So I was a human resources professional. Uh, did a lot of recruiting, all levels of position, worked with a lot of business units. And uh, my last role was uh, in diversity and inclusion. And so I have transitioned from corporate America now into consulting with Essence Learning. And so I get to continue doing what I love. And that's uh, helping people work together. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And last but not least, uh, Mr. James Jacobs. Hello, I'm James Jacobs, of the BFO, BFO of Word Family of Churches, and also I have about 35 years of business experience and entrepreneurship. Um, and so I've been doing this, you know, I learned from my dad. My dad was a business person, and uh, I've learned a lot from, from him, but I've been at this for about 35 years and um, just wanted to, um, you know, to uh, be an instrument to um, grow a business and also to give back to my community, and so I have a wealth of knowledge and uh, experience in uh, um, leading. You know, um, I've been leading most of my life, and then uh, for 35 years of business in the janitorial industry, and um, 
a little bit of real estate, selling cars, mobile homes. Just meeting people where they are and, and selling and just uh, just enjoying the journey. So that's kind of my experience. Awesome. Great. Right. A wealth of knowledge is what I'm calling today's room <laughs> and panel. So I personally want to thank all three of you for everything that you've done to contribute, especially to what's important, you know, to me is contributing to the African-American experience in leadership as well um, and to paving the way for people like myself that we could get into those positions as well. So I couldn't not start this podcast without thanking you for your, your effort and your leadership you, on that as that's well. Really, that's really um, so I know that each of you have successive, successfully operated at um, you know high levels of leadership, both in the for-profit industries and nonprofit corporate, like Valerie had mentioned as well. Um, and so you have probably seen a lot of transitions that have occurred in the workplace because of that, um, and because of the array of the leadership positions that you've been in. Um, and it may be transitions that pertain to age, gender, race. You know, a lot is going on right now in the world of diversity, equity, and inclusion, which before it was not that way. Um, could you share with our audience today maybe one transition? Uh, and a transitional experience that really stands out into your mind and maybe that has played a part in how you've adapted into what you have done today or maybe has shifted you um, as a leader, something that stands out for you. Well, oh, okay, I'll go. Since, you know, um, when, when companies started going global um, and and going into other countries and um, learning different cultures, I think that's when uh, I can remember a great shift. I mean, there's lots of other dimensions that uh, happened throughout my career of 30 years, but I think one that really, uh, as I think about it, when, uh, when companies move in globally and was going into other countries and trying to learn cultures and take the American way of doing things over into another country and found that that didn't necessarily work. Mm -hmm. That did not uh, reach that employee base that, uh, you know, when you were acquiring and merging and all of that uh, kind of stuff. It was great that the global um, uh, merging and working together was happening, but, but it really did take uh, companies, American companies, and those that were coming from uh, other countries into America to learn the culture before taking a business. And I know that a lot of those businesses failed. A lot of those mergers and those acquisitions did not um, go well or did not um, continue because that was just the cultures. That was such a clash in the, uh, uh, in the culture uh -huh. that, that a lot of those businesses did not continue. Uh, one organization that I was with, we had to kind of regroup uh, when we first went uh, international uh, with acquiring businesses and, and kind of step back and regroup and really understand what their culture was about before we tried to impose right. the American uh, yeah. culture, yeah, the company's culture on them. You know, you know, Kiki, kind of uh, thinking back to the first uh, part of the segment when we were talking about how long we've been in the business. And so I said 19. Uh, you know, so that makes it 47 years that I really had started 
uh, in corporate America. And I started in a savings alone at the age of 19 and worked uh, quickly into the head teller role and had what six or seven folks that were tellers and uh, we were responsible for the money, the vault and all of those things that, you know, banking would do. Never had someone in front of me and from a family or any type of leadership that I saw that played that role that I could emulate. So Mm -hmm. um, I think it was when I understood that I couldn't emulate the person that was before me because I, they had a different race, they had a different gender, they had a different age. So they had a different uh, access and opportunities that I did not know I didn't have, right? So I assumed walking into my role Mm -hmm. that I would have the same opportunities, access and uh, respect just by having that role. Wasn't until I realized that my age, my race and and, uh, my gender played a significant, mm. had a significant impact in the way that people allowed me to lead, uh, the way they I could influence people. And so I had to always consider those things as part of my leadership style and my approach. Mm. And so where others before me didn't have to consider that. They were white males uh, and they could just kind of walk in the space and didn't have to preference. They didn't have to prepare. They, they could just kind of come in. I had to do a lot to do that. And at the time I thought, well, okay, that's, that's okay. That's acceptable. I'm learning, I'm leading. And so it wasn't, and then again, I moved to Texas. I was in Ohio, moved to Texas, took on a leadership role at a very large organization, uh, came in. Yeah. The young girl, young woman, I'm sorry. Uh, where again, gender, age and race became a real problem in terms of people accepting what I had to bring to the table. And so it wasn't, you know, we weren't talking about age, race, and gender then. It was just, you know, oppression. It was it was rejection. It was racism. It was all of those things that we didn't have names for, um, that we didn't talk about. How did I transition to that was that you, you understand that, okay, you're gonna die on the vine or live on the vine. You're gonna move forward and you become innovative. You become creative. You, you work within yourself and you draw from yourself and not expect people around you to create uh, that path for you. Mm-hmm. And that's always been my way forward for mm-hmm. all, you know, so things happen and I say, oh, gosh, this has happened to me. What's my way forward? I don't really say I need somebody to help me do that. I need to have a role model. And so that has been my conditioning all of the years that I've had. So the the question that I think you ask is how do I adapt? I adapt by going inward and really thinking through if I had all resources, if I had all opportunities, what would that look like? identify that and then I go, okay, these are the resources and opportunities I'm gonna go after. Right. And I create that path. Instead of saying, oh, they're not available to me, I'm going, well, they're going to be. So that may be more work, uh, but I think that to your 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 acknowledgement to us as a as a as leaders in this space, we've done that. We've created that path so that folks behind us can say, I now see that there's an opportunity and access because these folks who've been in this space for 40 years, 30 years, 35 years have created that. So we appreciate mm-hmm. you saying that, but I think that's what we've all had to kind of go through when we recognize that those barriers are there 
and um, you have to stop and say, okay, I can't let this barrier stop me. What is it? What is it I need? And I got to go get it. I can't wait on somebody to come and get it for me. I think piggybacking what you said, one of the keys, one of the keys is have that residual power to be able to bounce back and to be able to uh, keep maintain that drive and that hunger because you got success in front of you. I think you have to constantly paint a picture of where you want to go that keeps you moving forward. I know one of the major transition experience I had when I came to Texas, that was a major transition. Yeah. We was in Washington State, very successful in business and built a large congregation and the time to move to Texas. When I had a rude awakening, when I came to Texas, when you run into to, to the different race and different prejudice and all the problems you have that, that people in power, uh, you know, you might think who you are, but the people in power control the strings. So you have to learn how to to uh, connect with them in a different way and perhaps have someone else to introduce you or open the door for you. But you walk in the door with confidence, you know, and those are things, I mean, those are basics of you that got you there. You know, mm -hmm. I had to go back and pull on my experience that mm -hmm. I had before I came to Texas to give me the strength to move forward. Because you can't deny the experience you had. You've been through some stuff. You know how to handle some stuff that's coming at you, you know, yeah. in a different way. But you get calluses, you get stronger, you get wiser, you know, <laughs> you get better. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and that's you great. That, Success ahead of you. You got mm -hmm. the main, you got the, who you are and why you're here because it's going to be some negative. That's a, that's a key to a, an entrepreneur, you got to have that drive and that passion to, to, to forge ahead no matter what. Because you got a vision, you got a purpose, you got a dream, you know, and how you, you know, you can't ride on how you feel, but how you feel doesn't mm -hmm. help you clean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It calls you to overcome those challenges that you face in life. So, uh, Right. That's kind of, uh, I have people come right and look at my face, you know, say, hey, where you get the money? What you doing here? How'd you, you know? Yeah. People, shut you down. people that shut you down in all kinds of ways. But, uh, you know, like the, the word they use in the church world, I'm just looking for my yes. That no don't bother me. You know? <laughs> I've got to get somewhere. <laughs> so, yes. well, I, I love that you said you have success in front of you, and that's kind of the motivator. I like that. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I, I, what's interesting to me is that all three of you mentioned that one of the things that have made it transitional for you is this culture shift, right? So you all mentioned a version of a different type of culture shift and, and we're, we're experiencing another culture shift. Yes, I'm like, yeah. in, in 10 years, where am I going to be sitting at the table? And I'm going to say, this is something that's <laughs> impact me. Right. Um, and so we're all really experiencing a culture shift right now. And, and I kind of want to head that way and talk about the, the big three, diversity, equity, and inclusion, which leads to a lot of the mm -hmm. culture shift. Mm -hmm. How have you seen it change over the workplace or impacted the workplace in the last couple of years? Because it's really, after George Floyd, it became a, a, a household organizational brand. household brand. <laughs> DEI, we have to get the experts in here and so forth, but this work has been going on for a long time, not mm -hmm. with, but just without any recognition. Um, and so how have you seen that change from your point of view in these um, throughout the workplace in years? 
I'll jump on that one first. I think um, if you had asked me that question two years ago, I would have answered it a little differently, maybe yes. three years ago. Um, three years ago, I was feeling a lot more optimistic about the impact that DNI was having in the workplace. Uh, you know, back then, I thought that at least we were becoming more aware. Uh, we were recognizing the gaps. We were understanding that we had to put things in place to address them. People were committed to that and excited about it, either through education, through action, through you know, civil support, any of those things, whatever that organization was doing. So I thought I saw movement. Um, I saw people coming together around that. Um, but I think that it was a now, I believe, based upon what has happened in our country and the divides that we now see. Mm. I don't think that I um, really appreciated how deep that divide really, really mm. was. Um, and so now I think the impact in the workplace is the workplaces are divided. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, because the same people that are in our communities that are in our uh neighborhoods are actually in our workplaces. And so those same folks that are there and are in our workplace and they're divided. So I think that um, the awareness is there. I think that the things that happened three, you know, when I said we were three years, people are aware people, there are people who have been committed to it. Now I understand that there are people who have not been committed to it. Right. Uh, and so the work now is to really um, find out which ones are on the bubble <laughs> and which ones you can impact and then make some hard decisions about how are we going to manage those who aren't willing to to uh, support diverse equity inclusion in its concepts, you know, in the idea that we all have rights to access, we all have voices. In the, so I think the workplace itself now has to adapt to civil rights things that they didn't have to probably three years ago. Uh, talk about political issues that we didn't have to three mm -hmm. years ago, five mm -hmm. years ago. Yeah. You know, we used to just say, hey, the business case for diversity, equity, inclusion is profitability and all, all those things. And now that's changing to um, the community is expecting you to be corporate citizens out there and be responsible in those spaces and to our communities you know, have have um, statements that support mm -hmm. our communities. And so it's just a different um, a different approach than we were, we came into this. So I think the divide has, um, is a good thing for us to see it. Um, I think the work is, is a lot deeper and broader than I think we came into it, uh, five years ago. And we were just talking about, we were saying, Hey, you know, we've been saying for 10 years, you need to get diversified. You need to be inclusive. You need to put a strategy in place. I think organizations that don't have a strategy around diversity, equity, inclusion right now are going to be those organizations that suffer in the next three to five years with being good talent, managing, you know, to our communities. And they're just not going to have what it takes to succeed in this new environment that's here. So, you know, I, I, I would have been answering, oh, we're already, we're ready to go. We've got organizations on place. Most of our organizations are, are on point, and now I see that we've got um, a lot of organizations that are divided and not able to move forward um, mm -hmm. because they're paralyzed with, mm -hmm. with that division. I would totally agree with that. There has been um, 
the the awareness, you know, um, as you say, you know, two or three years ago, I think that now people are are looking at it with a different lens, uh, right? Uh -huh. And so where we were trying to uh, be as cohesive as a group as possible, uh -huh. um, now people are okay voicing their opinions if they totally disagree or they don't think that um, they want to be in this space. Uh -huh. And to what you said, I truly believe those that that are resisting and those that are not uh, coming on board with this, that they are going to be the ones that are left behind and their organizations are going to suffer because our demographics are changing. Mm -hmm. And so when um, I know my kids are, are, you know, going into the workplace, they're looking for someone that they can emulate mm -hmm. as to what you said mm -hmm. earlier. And, and that will, you know, that's going to make a space mm -hmm. for them. And if they don't see that, then they're not going. And so, um, to that to that end, it, the recruiting is going to be more difficult for organizations and bringing in the top talent they're going to be losing um, or they're not going to keep. So retention okay. and all of that is going to be an yeah, issue for points. organizations. So um, truly, truly agree with everything that you said, yeah. Valerie. Uh, you know, someone asked a question of the day, what happened when your opportunity turns into a challenge? Mm. And when I look at the um, equity and diversity, we had an opportunity, but now it's turned into a challenge. Excellent yes. point. I think I what, what needs to be done is really what we failed to do is redefine, redefine and reimagine what that looks like. Mm. What happened at the beginning of what it looks like was one way, but then we went into this challenge. So when you run mm. into a challenge, you got to redefine. You got to mm. redefine what it's all about. You know, yeah. because uh, sometimes people might look at it in this season and say it was a handout. But now we mm. qualify. We know what we're doing now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you're going to have to redefine the definition of what it looks like in order to, to force forward. Because, you know, if we keep doing what we're doing, we're going to be getting exactly. what we think like yeah. anything. We have to learn how to redefine, reimagine what we are to move forward. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what's going on in the world today. People are redefining things. You know, I talk about leadership. People have different different versions of leadership. When I look at a leader, you know, one way, but then the world looks at another because <coughs> there's certain things they would accept as a leader. And I'm saying, no, that's not a leader. You know what I'm saying? But but they redefined it. They redefined yeah. it. And, and got an audience to, to celebrate it, uh -huh. you know, <laughs> and then it becomes a reality. So I think that's what we have to do. In this I love that. Yeah. I had to, I had to write that down. That. What happens when your opportunity turns into a challenge? Mm -hmm. Which which is, is so true mm -hmm. about that field. And, and I'm sure lots of others as well, but you, you know, and I mean, we have to redefine what diversity looks like and reimagine it because and it's, of the problem. And it's so unfortunate that we have missed the opportunity because we were in a sweet spot for so yeah. many years in yeah. which we could have right. really made a huge impact mm -hmm. towards towards success, right? Um, and to his point, we got, to, to Mr. Jacob's point, we got a little relaxed and we got mm -hmm. a little bit comfortable and complacent. Uh, and now that it has been redefined, we're all trying mm -hmm. to figure out 
right. what, that, what that looks like yeah. and how what's our way forward. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's even work within the workplace is redefining it and then executing on that where it moves us to a, a place. So not just defining diversity, equity, inclusion, but where are we trying to go now? Yeah. What, what, where, yeah. where are we, where are we trying to go with diversity, mm-hmm. equity, inclusion? Yeah. So I think the whole, the whole concept, whole construct, we've missed the opportunity mm-hmm. uh, and we now have got to readjust. Yeah. So another transition. Yeah. As you said. yeah. And we definitely gonna have to rethink because you're also looking at who's defining it too. Who is yeah. defining it? But you know that's why it's so important now, because other folks will, will give you their definition of it. But no, that's not what you want. But we look at mm-hmm. the one. We need the definition that pushes us forward, right? That yeah. challenges, yeah. That challenges yeah. us, that calls us to reach for something. You know, to 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 see the end game, to see. Mm-hmm. I don't. Want, you got to have it. When you get there, that's another door that's open, so you can go farther that's than right. you are. But otherwise, they yeah. put a limit. They they put an end to what? No, you don't want to end. You want a continuation of this. That's right. Continuation will grow and things can happen for the next generation and next generation. You know, That's I tell right. people, Jesus came through 40 and two generations. We want this thing to go 40 and two generations. You know? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, that's a great transition because, you know, you're talking about you wanting this to continue and to go on. And we have a slew of new and younger leaders coming in. And, and you know, I'm going to mention a, a, a drastic word, which is retirement. Oh, <laughs> so, you definitely can't but, go by this group. But in this group, they're <laughs> going on retiring. So um, we're not that. You're, you're, you're fighting the statistic. <laughs> uh, but, you know, according to study in Forbes um, that recently happened, about 10,000 baby boomers are retiring every day. And that's a huge chunk of leadership, right? And and so now you have millennials who are coming in and they're they're slowly compromising and and becoming more than 50% or more than 50% of the workforce right now. And not only that, they're moving into significant leadership roles, Uh, VP, senior VPs, even C-suite positions as well. Um, And so what are your thoughts about the future of America's workforce. Because James, when you talk about moving forward and we have to continue to move forward and you have these the younger workforce taking that and moving forward with it, what are your thoughts on that and your thoughts on the future of America's workforce? Well, you know, I, I, I think, just like I said before, a, a definition that retirement, because you have to look at person might be older, but that wisdom, that's the wisdom love. How do we, how do we follow this? How do we use this to, to our advantage? You know, uh, um, uh, I, one of the things that you have to learn, you cannot, uh, you cannot have real success or achievement by yourself. You know, and I fight with that too, because, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you, you thought of yourself, but, but you can't, going forward, you cannot operate like that. You have to come in with a team come sell, you got to come in with, with other folks the, the, uh, on your team for you to be successful at what you're trying to do. Because you know, I tell you, uh, people right now, because I'm in that mentoring stage of, of coaching, and, and hey, you got to start this thing early, and then you got to have the mentality of you're not going to be here forever, so you have to pass it on. So it's it's a lot that uh, I think I think this is a great opportunity for 
for even the young millennials to realize the vast knowledge that is there and how do we follow it. You don't have to do it the same way, but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You might you <laughs> might be missing something here that that we got the scars. You don't have to have the scars, you know. Part of the things that I try to teach you, I made a lot of mistakes, but it's the mistakes I made that I don't want you to make. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think those things of having that conversation with with the young people on the job and connecting with them in another way, because you got to connect with your people more. That you can't just talk, tell them, and communicate. You got to connect with them in a way that can influence their lives. And I think that's the way. That's the way forward. To really work on how do I connect with people and build relationships that are that is going to be successful in the long term. And that's it's a change of mindset, and I had to do that. You know, you know, being transparent, I had to do it myself. Cause I tell the guy I'm mentoring right now, don't do it like I did it, cause I did it wrong. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you need to apply this right now situations to move the things forward. Cause at the end of the day, it's about results more than anything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I kind of think, Kiki, as you as you know, ponder on this question a little bit, and you start talking about trends and. Um, it's been changing. You know, we were a generation that from a baby boomer perspective, the traditionalists thought, oh my gosh, who are these people and what are they doing? And so every generation thinks the new generation coming in is, is radical, right? So, oh my God, what's wrong with with these young folks, you know? Uh, And so we we ended up being okay, and I think that they're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. My concern is what we're leaving them to work with, um, mm. and my concern is: are we leaving them with the wisdom, the resources, the tools, the motivation, the aspirations, the why? Should mm-hmm. I continue down this road? Um, even why is this fight necessary? Why is this success necessary? Why is this needed? I don't think that we have done the best job. And I think there's things that we could do that we could share with this new American workforce, the why. Because again, they are dealing with things that we didn't have. We didn't have to deal with the politics in our workplace. We didn't have to, we left that at the door. We didn't have to deal with emotions, everything from when we were, leave it at the door. If you got problems at home that don't come into the workplace. If you have political views, we don't talk about that in the workplace. If you have, you know, um, a difference of opinion. You don't bring that in the workplace. This is the way we work. This is our this is our vision. This got to be your vision. We had directives, and so and we followed along. We now have this collaborative, innovative workplace that I don't know that we've given or that we have the resources, the support. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about mentoring, oftentimes mm-hmm. we as baby boomers or even the older you know Gen Xs have to be mentored. To, to what uh, James Jacobs was saying on, I did that wrong. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't even know that existed. You guys are now talking out loud and saying things that we would dare think about in, you know, at home. Um, you say things to your boss, you call them by their first name. There's just things, protocols and things like that. I don't know that we've given them the tools and the resources to succeed in the environment that they're mm-hmm. in right now. I think that this new America workforce is going to have to do what we did when we walked into um, the workplace. When I said I walked in the workplace, there was nobody for me to emulate. When I walked into the workplace, race, age, and gender was a problem for me. There, I think that 
that as a population of a generation of people are going to have those same types of um, challenges in front of them. Mm -hmm. uh, to the point of that we were making about opportunities turned into challenges. I think the opportunity that we had um, five, 10 years from now, and that we are now still hanging around trying to be mentors, this is our opportunity. If we don't do it now, and when they get into those leadership roles, they will be challenged. Uh, and then I think corporate America, again, will be struggling. But I think this is that that prime time for us. We're, we're still young in our, in our environment. We're still, so, so hopefully, you know, we are taking this role seriously and we're coaching and we're mentoring and we're learning and we're, we're changing our thought process and we're being more vulnerable and allowing this to, because I think otherwise we will, this is our opportunity now. It will become a challenge for them if we don't give them the resources and the tools. Mm. I agree. I agree. Good discussion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, um, you know, one of the things um, that I feel that is important to me right now is legacy, the word legacy. Mm -hmm. I think about it quite a bit um, because I think is what I'm doing now going to be a legacy that I leave behind mm -hmm. for other girls that look like me. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and I would love to hear from you all um, kind of as we're wrapping up our, our session today, what impact do you hope to leave or have hoped to have left behind from your work? Um, I mean, you all have been in the industry for a while and you have successful consulting organizations as well. Um, what, are, what is that impact and that legacy that you hope to leave behind? Well, I would say um, don't allow anyone or anything to stop you from going toward your goals and what you want to accomplish uh, and in the role that you're in at the position, uh, the company you're in. Uh, and, and if it's not there, uh, don't be afraid to take a leap and to uh, move to an organization where you will be able to thrive and to grow. Um, when I was coming along, it, it was about um, you know, being loyal to your employer, uh, whether your employee was necessarily loyal to you, mm. being loyal to your employer, uh, working hard and waiting, waiting for those opportunities to come your way, but wait, waiting for someone else to make that opportunity for oh, you. Yeah. And, and today I tell uh, young ladies, don't wait uh, for yeah. someone to identify what you can do. Tell them what you can do or seek out what you can do to improve and to continue to grow and to learn. And if the opportunity is not being provided to you at the place where you are, then there are other companies that will take you and where you can thrive. And we were talking about uh, operating at your max or uh, being able to contribute to your full potential to find those organizations that support you in that right. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry you said that because that was because, you know, the word loyalty, when you when we talk about company loyalty, one of the big things going on right now for millennials and Gen Z is that company can lay us off at any moment. So yes. why should we be loyal to them yes. if they're not gonna be loyal to us yes. as well? So I love that about going and making the most and finding your, your opportunity yeah. as well. James, what, what would I, be I think, your impact? I think my legs would be that some that's you know um, somebody's life would, would be improved and someone's inspired to be better, you know. Um, uh, example, I would be you know a key to my leadership success would be an example. 
example of drive and faith and make things happen, you know, you know, just not just for myself, but for someone else. You know, I, I want to give uh, 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 Miss William her props. Uh, I, I, she did a seminar for us years ago, and you helped me. You helped <laughs> me. You helped me to write my my uh, mission, my assignment, my assignment in life. You know, and and and, and that oh, seminar. So my assignment is the father of the faith of others and the hope that they might receive eternal life. I never forgot that. And I wrote it down. That's my assignment. Uh, <laughs> that was awesome. I appreciate the opportunity to come. And so, so, you know, I, I think that's the legacy that you need to leave the door open for opportunities. You leave an example. You leave an example. And one thing I do know in a few years I've been around that uh, these young people, they will, they'll make it. They're, they're learning from us. Believe it or not, we do things just like our mom and dad did. And believe it or not, over time, because of that seed we planted, they're going to they're gonna want, they're going to do some things. And it, 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 it might sound different, but it looked just like what we did it. So I think that's hope. I think that's hope. And I think the legacy is, is to keep the legal example and keep um, improving them. That's my personal opinion. It's, a, it's improve the lives of others. And I do that every day. The legacy is I'm an example of faith. I'm an example of drive, an example of passion. I was a man that uh, had used his residual power, had some bumps but knew how to bounce back. So that's the kind of the legacy I, I like. And I think, and thank you for that big shout out there. Because uh, that was, you know, at the beginning of Essence Learning when he invited me over to speak and share with his congregation. And uh, it's good to see that they're still using yeah. what we saw. So mm -hmm. I, was, I appreciate that. But I think that's part of the impact that I want to leave is um, that we all stay open through for continuous learning. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's all, you know, that if you stop learning, you stop living in, in from from all aspects in my perspective. I think that if you wherever you stop opening yourself up to learn is what's gonna die because you have to have that growth and that development and that nurturing. So I I, I want to leave um, as an as with people that is essential to continually learn. And that's from experiences, people, wherever learning comes from. It comes from every, so many different places. So if, if you were to ask, you know, that's really, to me, what essence learning is all about. Uh, essence meaning the core of who you are, the origin, right. and then the core of who you are and what you learn about. So all of that is what, you know, we hope to leave. And um, that's that's where it came from. So I think continuous learning is the, is the, um, the impact I'd like to leave. And, and, you know, I just want to conclude by saying, I think more than your legacy, what you've left us as well is actual physical pieces of information for us to utilize. I encourage our listeners. Um, I know uh, James Jacobs, you have a book out, The Leadership Matrix 3.0, right? And so, that um is a i feel that's a part of your legacy that you left behind so we'll always have those words how can we get to that book yes how can we you can go to, how can we can go to jamesjacob.org and order it and you can go to amazon is right there on the amazon 
So what I would say, jamesacob.org is right there. You can order it. And then um, uh, you can go to Amazon is right there. And you can pick it up and uh, grab that book and learn to lead. Leadership right. matrix. Leadership matrix. And then um of course um you know Valerie and Phyllis are leaving behind their pieces of nuggets as well um with the work that they're doing for essence learning um with their courses on just great things about respect that they're just unchangeable through time. We're always going to be in the place where we need to learn how to respect others and give respect no matter what. When you're born to, <laughs> to, you, to you leaving the earth. And exactly. so um, go and, and go to essencelearning.net um, and see what available pieces of nuggets they have left behind um, as well. And I'm sure that any three of them will be glad to reach out, be your keynote speakers for events and so forth, um, just so that you can have the opportunity to learn about their legacy and share these tidbits of information. So I want to thank all three of you. This has been a great conversation. Yes, I've written stuff. I've written stuff down. I hope one day I'll make you all proud. <laughs> uh, so I just want to say that. And thank you so much for our listeners for joining our Perspectives podcast. Um, and we hope that you join us for our next um, our next episode. Thank you. Thank you for joining Perspectives, a podcast by Essence Learning LLC. Essence Learning is your solution to personal and professional development. We partner with our clients to develop a learning strategy that will increase productivity, enhance performance, and align with their purpose and goals. For more information visit us online at essencelearning.net or call us at 1-877-657-5755.